there was a, a lesson I spoke a few months ago in our class in the back. It was about the character and his character matter and, and all the particulars about character and what goes along with it. And, and I'm going to read to you a little bit about character because some of the people I talked to you about, I'm going to share with you about this morning. The biggest problem wasn't they, they didn't have any character, but it took them a long time to get to that place that character was revealed in their life. The potential was always there. There was seed there and in your life. Let's pray if you don't mind. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear. And God, that the seed has been sown, and there's so much in our life, Lord, that just has not, hasn't manifested itself. So many things, Lord, like my Miranda, Father, years ago, she would have never imagined she'd be involved. And she does an excellent job in our in announcements and, and just things about her and her husband, Jake. So many of us have so many things laying dormant, Lord, and, and they're asleep, and they're not manifesting and, and growing in their life. And we can... We can, become, we can become very frustrated. So, Lord, I pray that our hearts will be open, our minds will be alert. And, Lord, that we'll receive what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The word character, we have a lot of definitions. There's a lot of us that means different things to a lot of us. But character is your mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. When I think of someone of character, I don't think it, I think it trans, it goes beyond just a, a certain area of their life. If you just think of character in the life of a Christian, you, you place it just within the works of, of this confines, but, but really, character has to go in every area of your life. From your kids, to your work, to your play, to your uh, church activity, to the different functions you go to, the vacation, everything, character, it makes up who you are. Personality, your nature, your disposition, your temperament, your mentality, your conviction, your relations to a given situation, a good reputation, integrity, one who does what is right. It's, it's a whole lot of things that we try to define what character is, but it, it's really who you are. Not that you don't have faults and not that you don't have weaknesses, but it's who you are. We have a battle between what we want others to see and what we want them to think, what we really are. Now, I made comments of this a couple of Wednesday nights ago or sometime. You know, if you looked on everybody's Facebook page, everybody would have the perfect life. Oh, my. Oh, oh my wife can go look at other uh, people we went to college with and was in ministry and they look like, oh, everything is perfect and, and their life just flows so fluently and, oh my, their, their character must be impeccable and there's, there's things about them that just should be adored by everyone. Oh, she doesn't say that, but that's, and it's just, that's what we say. And then so, how many of you all, when you go to your Facebook, if you have Facebook, which my wife does, I don't, but you go to Facebook, do you put a picture of yourself on there every day of what you look, at, look like when you crawl out of the bed? You don't put that on there. Yeah. Do you put pictures of your kids when they, they just, sorry, poop their pants? You look at, you look at Walker going, and that's what you put on there? No. You put the, oh, where'd that come from? Uh, moving along, moving along. By moving right along. We are so worried about our image. What others think about us? What others think, if they, if they don't think, we're trying to, to make them think a certain thing about us. What do you try to make people think? They're going to think something anyway. 
I'd like you to go to a most well-used and most frequently used passage in the Bible. is Luke 15. If you don't know what Luke 15 is, you have not come here long enough. If you have not, I'm just telling you, if there's ever been a preacher that preaches from Luke 15, uh, this is it. It has a lot of, has a lot of relevance in my life and, and uh, things I've been through and what I relate to. And there's so much importance in this passage. And I'm going to preach to you once again, once again from the prodigal, but in a way that I've never spoken him before. Chapter 15, 11 through 13. And a certain man, man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, give me this portion of goods that followed to me. And, divided, and he divided them unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered together all that he, and took his journey to a far country. And there he wasted his substance with righteous living. And I'm thinking about this kid and and. and I don't know exactly his age, but he was very juvenile in his thinking. Very juvenile, very immature. And let me ask you this. When you make decisions, you places you go and things you do, and you don't want your parents to know, and you, you, you have this little thing about your parents, they always think they know everything, but they don't know anything. And, and, or maybe you don't have any parents in your life that give a hoot about what you do. This guy had a parent, he had a father that really cared about him. I don't know how wise he was in giving the inheritance up, but, but the only way this son was ever going to learn possibly was him giving it to him. Was he ready for it? No. The younger son or the younger brother, he was tired of being responsible to the father. He developed no discipline. He had no self-control. No restraints in his life, and he didn't want any. And many times people go into life and they begin to think, I don't want any restraints, I don't want any restrictions, I don't want any control in my life, I don't want any obligations I have any in my life to. I just want to do what I want to do. It's amazing how many of us in this, of us in this room have, at some point in our life have said, I just don't want any responsibilities, I just want to do what I want. And that's exactly what this son was saying. He wanted no discipline, no self-discipline, no consideration for anyone else. He had no consideration especially for his father. A lot of times when we look at authority in our life, we think that they are there for sticking their nose in our business or trying to control us and all the, all the goes on with parenting. The reason you have parents and the reason you have authority in your life, period. I want everybody to please listen to this. If you have authority in your life, they may not always be right, and they won't be always right. But their number one concern is, is your benefit and your well-being and you doing right. And many times we're like this young, this young brother who thought that the oldest brother was the favorite. So he wanted his belongings. He wanted his money. He wanted to go out and prove that he could do it on his own. He realized money didn't last near as long as he thought it was, as it would. He had no consideration for anybody his father, and especially his father. The person that possibly loved him more than anybody else was his father. He wanted freedom. 
I remember 18 years old, and uh, I remember Tyson moved out. I'll be brief, Tyson, but he moved over around Chalk Bluff, and um, he wanted his own way. He wanted to live on his own. He wanted to do his own thing and make his own way. It didn't work out so good. See, when we, we, want our, we want our own so often, or we want our own so strongly that we jeopardize everything else that we've ever been told or everything we've ever been taught or anything that we've ever been shown, we begin to live in ways that do anything but bring good in life. Verse 15, verse 14. And when it's been all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country and sent him in his fields to feed swine. And would have, he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave it to him. He's beginning to question what was going on in his life. It wasn't until that point after he had had the luxuries of life and, and the great things of life. And, and let, me, let me have your attention. You don't have to get to that place. You can live a very normal life and, and have abundance and have things of life. But this guy's immaturity was his demise because he didn't value anything that his father said. Let's bring it to all of our lives for just a minute. I'm going to talk to you about finances that you have, but I'm going to talk to you about authority that you have. There's authority in every one of our lives that we're all responsible to. How we respond, when we listen, when we don't. And this guy was sitting in the pig pen. I remember speaking this before. When things get really bad and you don't have anything, or things that went totally wrong, you don't have any family or whatever's going on, and he looked at his face, and he wasn't looking at his face. He looked down into the middle of the puddle, and it was a muddy, mucky mess. If you've ever messed with hogs, you know it smells. And he saw his reflection looking down at him. It was then, at, at that moment, that everything his father had ever stood for and anything, everything his father had ever been began to flood through his mind. Began to flood through his mind. It was at that point that he began to think in his life. He began to, began to question his purpose. He began to question his plan. He didn't have all the answers. Misery follows those who have all the answers. If you have all the answers here this morning, I don't, by any means, sooner or later, misery will set in because you will not have anybody that you feel is up to your standard. Loneliness was not far behind. Now he begins to wish he had some of his father's. Now he begins to wish he had some of his father's, not money. What did he wish he had that his father had? Character, his characteristics, the character about his father was so, so respected and so, so highly thought of while he was sitting here in the middle of, of nothing when he had everything and he squandered it all. And you know the regret of that was humongous. It was huge to think he wasted it all. But he said and began to think, what can I do about it? Verse 20, 21. 
And he arose and came to his father. When he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. No questions asked. But his father knew he had a need or he never would have come back. He knew he was ready for change or he never would have come back. And the son said to his father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm a word to be called thy son. The beginning, the beginning to becoming a man. was coming to the man with character. He didn't value his father till he had failed his own. He failed in his own. Maybe his father knew a little more than he thought. Maybe he should have a little restraint in his life, not as much liberty. And oh my goodness, have I heard people say that, oh, I wish I could go back and change this and this. But if you weren't mature enough and you wouldn't listen to anybody back then, even if you went back, unless you knew everything, if you went back, you wouldn't listen again. His greatest lesson was how his father received him. Was he worthy? No. Was he justified? No. But one word represents what his father represented. What his father represented in his character, he was a man of mercy. Is this the way the prodigal had to live? Is this his, was this his destiny to, be, to go out and waste all of his money and all of his inheritance and, and, and quite make people question his father's name and his father's character? No, it was never his purpose. And it was never the plan. And listen, God always has a plan. But it's amazing how many things we do sidetrack the plan from ever coming to pass. I don't believe he had to do any of those things. I couldn't even think he could have kept his inheritance and he could have been right in and been productive and, and, and all those things if he had just listened to his authority. Genesis chapter 37. I spoke about this guy many times, but I never spoke about this part of his life. On Wednesday nights, we've been teaching... We're done, but we've been teaching about in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And, and chapter 13 says something that's very important. If everybody would get one thing in, in, your, in your mind and in your, in your life to, this morning, it's 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. It says this, when I was a child, I thought as a child. I reasoned as a child. I spoke as a child. I did everything as a child. But when I became an adult, and it's amazing in America, you can be 17 years old and leave your home and go do whatever you want. And yet at 17, the parents are still responsible. Yeah, really adulthood. When do you become an adult? When do you watch right because there's character within you? When I was a child, and, and many times, I've had a lot of childish behaviors in the way we responded to things. Verse 5, and Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brother, and they hated him yet the more. And yet said he unto them, Here I pray thee this dream, for I have dreamed, for I behold, I, for behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and, and lo, my sheaf rose up, all, up and stood upright, and, and behold, all your sheaves stood around and made obedience to my sheaf. And his brother said, Shall thou ha indeed have reign over us? Shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet 
the more for his dreams and for his words. It's amazing that this boy, he may have been 13 years old, but he knew what he was doing. And you can't tell me as smart as he was, he didn't know what he was doing. Can you? I didn't think so. So why did he tell him? His brothers even hated him more. If I had a, if I had a friend and, and I know that, I, I said friend, if I had a neighbor that hated my guts, I went over to him all the time bragging about every little thing that was going on. And even if, even if it was spiritual, he would hate me more. Wrap this up. Verse 9. And yet he dreamed another dream and told it to his brethren. And, and, and behold, I dreamed a dream and the sun and the moon and the 11 stars and made obedience unto me. There's something about what he's doing. And there, were they God-given dreams? Yes. But were, were they for be told at that time? No. Uh, often do you think... Do you think the only way he could get, to, get him over to, to Egypt was through calamity and through bad things and through compromise of himself and making himself hated? I don't think so. I think God's big enough. I think there was a plan there in his life regardless of how he got there. I think maybe he could have got there another way. I don't know exactly how, but I'm just saying, for instance, is God limited to just one plan in your life? And how many of you here You've wondered, have I blown it? I went too far. I've done too much. I've blown so many years of my life to know God's plan. And it isn't that you've blown it, but it's time that you stop and begin to evaluate where your answers come from. It's important that we, that we make the right decisions at the right times. We know what happened with Joseph. He went to Egypt, became second in command under the Pharaoh. The arrogance of Joseph would be his, prove his path that he would have to travel. His immaturity, his timing was wrong. He was young. What would make him grow into the man of character? But he still kept his character. And it's amazing. Every situation that he'd done, even though there was immaturity, there was, there was poor decision making, he had integrity, had, he had maturity, not maturity, he had integrity, he had character. Slavery, a servant, prison, interpreter, forgotten about. He was lonely. He's isolated. Could God have gotten him to the place of command in another way? He probably could have. Why do you have to go that way? Because, because of his inability to listen. In every person's life, we all have to listen. And know that there's a reason why we listen. You've heard this said before. Why, how many years do we have? Okay, we have two ears. How many mouths do we have? Aren't you glad? I get enough trouble with this one. Just one. I do. And you can name me out if you want to, honey. I get enough trouble with just one. I'm going to go to another place. Go to First Chronicles chapter 21. But, he got, but God needed to have, last thing about Joseph, God had to have his character matured. And maybe you're finally to the place that your character is where it should be. And you're finally getting mature and you're, you're grasping life itself. Because before you're always so flipping your decisions that you weren't very respected because of your decision making. But now you can make a decision and stick with it. 
When Joseph got into, uh, out of prison and, and became a second in command of Pharaoh, he was trusted. Many times we're not trusted because of our actions, the way that we behave ourselves. I'm going to wrap it up. Chapter 21 of 2 Chronicles. Every other country <clears throat> knew the number of their people. It showed their presence, it showed power, showed how many resources they had. The end of it would be bring independence and bring dependence on themselves. Look in verse twenty verse one of chapter twenty one. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number his Israel. And David said to Joab, to the rulers of the people, to go out and number from Beersheba and even at Dan, and bring the number of them that I may know them. There is something about David's place and position and a position of power. He knew it was wrong to count the people. What was, so, what was so wrong about knowing how many people? Because at that time, that amount of people that you had, the military, the, the word got out. How many people was in your, in your country? And all those things had to do with one thing. It had to do with pride. <clears throat> I never thought of David as prideful until this, this particular scripture. These were not David's people. And David was number them like they were his. They were obedient to him and they'd do whatever he said. Political power was in numbers and he could tax the people and, and his provisions would come through the people. David would be the one to receive all the benefits of knowing this. But you know the number one reason why he shouldn't have numbered them in the first place? Because God had told him not to. In every time, in every season of your life, there's different, different ways to respond. From a juvenile as, as Joseph was to to the middle age, we're going to say the late teens, early 20s of the prodigal son, to the maturity of a king, a man in his 40s or 50s. There's something about sometimes we don't like to listen, we like to bring attention to ourselves. Most of all, it entered into his heart because it was infiltrated by Satan. As Satan had told him to number the people. I'm going to one other place in Jeremiah chapter 29. Let's pray just a second. Father, you know, closing remarks are, are so weighty and so important. God, I pray that every heart that's here will be receptive to what I'm about to say in chapter 29, verse 11. That they would never think, never think that God has not got a plan in their life. And they're just aimlessly flopping around and, and beating the wind and just doing whatever to, to accomplish whatever. But there's always a plan and there's always a purpose. 
Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Verse 10 and 11. For this saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you, I will perform my good work toward you, and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts I have toward you, says the Lord. But it's not until after the years of Babylon. It's not two years. You may say, man, I, I've not served the Lord that long. And, but look how many years I was out there in sin and, and variety of things in my life was examples until just six months ago. You, can't, you cannot bring this scripture and apply it to your life until you realize what's preceding it. Verse 10. thoughts of peace not of evil to give you an expected end everything we do and everything we hopefully we say but we do here we try to have an expected end how many years is this church in, in the little building over here in town 1950 2007, I guess, or 2008. You don't get offended at God because you haven't got there, but everything he's tried to do hasn't been accomplished. But I believe in my heart, and listen to me, I believe that everyone in here, is, your, your tribulation, your time of testing, your, your 70 years of all this stuff is, is in the past, and it got you to this point that you finally had a place to listen to the voice of God. I'm finally in a place to listen and say, Lord, I, want to, I don't want to do what you have me to do. I want to be what you want me to be. I want my family to receive all the benefits of knowing you. After the captivity. After your lack of character. After living the way you wanted. It wasn't an accidental thing to Israel. It was at the end that they, they learned from this. And so how does this apply to us? Because there is a plan for every life that's in this place. We determine how fast it happens and it matures. And I'll tell you how you can mature and you can bring things to pass in your life. It's simply the character by which you live. How you act. You may think that doesn't mean a lot and doesn't say a lot, but I believe it is everything. The way you act, the way you work, the way you present yourself, the way you prepare to present yourself. You accept responsibility. You don't put it on anybody else and you don't blame anybody else. You start accepting it for what it is in your life. That is a mature person who can sit and start, stop saying, it's always somebody else, but it's time for me to be what I can be for God. prodigal did that when he went home. Joseph did that when he was a mature man. He just got to spend a short time with his dad. His dad passed away. and We're the same way. We're the same way. We keep waiting for God to come down and miraculously do something. He says, well, you've got to start doing something. You've got to start doing something. If you can't build it upon your character, then you're not worthy of anything else.
This is not a, a plea to unbelievers, or it is, but it's, it's everybody in here. If you're tired of the 70 years of captivity, it may not have been 70, but just figuratively speaking, but you're tired of all the things of the past owning you and dominating you, and your time, and you're ready to listen to what God has for you. And you're going to respect Him and how you act, how you talk, what you do, why you do it. Everything comes into play in a, in a person's life and their character. You bow your heads with me. We're all, I'm going to ask everyone to respond, if you will. Stir our hearts, Lord. Stir our hearts. God, you can speak one thing to us, Lord, and just make all this stuff reveal that, that it, this applies to me. Have I ever wondered why my life is so chaotic? Have I ever wondered why there's so many problems in my life? Or, 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 or you might fall into the chapter, I'm, I'm just coasting along, everything's great. As the prodigal did. God, I do the half of the prodigal had and, and be wise. And understand that you have a purpose with all that I had. I can make a difference in somebody else's life, and you can make a difference in my life. If you're here this morning, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna ask you to find your place to pray. Seek his face. Know that your character matters. Your character matters. What you do matters, what you say matters. Would you come?